Our scripture reading for this morning will come from 1 Peter chapter 2, beginning with verse 4. 1 Peter chapter 2, beginning with verse 4, and I'll be reading from the New American Standard Bible. And coming to him as to a living stone, which has been rejected by men, but is choice and precious in the sight of God, you also, as living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house for a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For this is contained in Scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion a choice stone, a precious cornerstone, and he who believes in him will not be disappointed. This precious value, then, is for you who believe. But for those who disbelieve, the stone which the builders rejected, this became the very cornerstone and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. For they stumble because they are disobedient to the word. And to this doom they were also appointed. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Do you consider yourself a builder? Have you ever been involved in building a home? Perhaps more than one? Do you remember all that you went through? Your dreams? Your land purchase? Your blueprints? Getting financing? Contractors? Materials? Finally committing to months, if not years, of work? The stages of clearing, excavation, putting down footers, foundation, exterior walls, roof, interior walls, siding, plumbing, electrical, insulation, sheetrock, and then the finishing. It's a lot of work, isn't it? You say, I'm not a builder, I'm just a work in progress, (laughs) which is kind of where our lesson is going today. You also, verse 5, as living stones are being built up as a spiritual house for a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. We want to apply that same kind of uh, planning and hard work in focusing upon the activity required to build a spiritual house, the construction of God's house. I have written on the marquee. God's house is made up of living stones. Of course, Christ, the emphasis in today's lesson, is the foundation. He is the cornerstone of our spiritual house. We don't hold together without Christ. Prophesied by Isaiah 700 years before Christ even came to earth, in Isaiah chapter 28, beginning with verse 16, Therefore, thus says the Lord God, Behold, I am laying in Zion a stone, a tested stone, a costly cornerstone for the foundation, 
firmly placed. He who believes in it will not be disturbed. I will make justice the measuring line and righteousness the level. Then hail will sweep away the refuge of lies and the waters will overflow the secret place. God prophesying long before Christ came that he would establish his people. And the imagery is that of a spiritual house with his son, as we know the fulfillment of that prophecy to be, his son being the cornerstone of what God's people would be able to stand upon. He who believes in it will not be disturbed. God was making promises, wasn't he? To change from a physical nation to a spiritual kingdom. From a bloodline or a DNA to establishing a haven of hope for all people who would but believe. And he would make them safe and secure. Paul describes the church in this way in Ephesians 2 and verse 20 with the same kind of imagery. Having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone. Talk about plans and blueprints for thousands of years. From the beginning of time, God anticipated when he would send his son, prophesying about him. When Christ came then, being incarnate in the flesh, performing miracles, proclaiming the message, dying upon the cross for our sins and being resurrected, declared to be the Son of God with power. And then God taking the apostles and the prophets and the words that he had inspired them to speak and to write and building upon that foundation. Listen again, Ephesians 2.20 Having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ himself, Christ Jesus himself, being the cornerstone. Now the house is continuing to be built, but it is a work in progress. Peter describes us as living stones. You've seen stone houses across the prairies. There's several examples in Kansas. Each stone being placed upon another. They've stood for a hundred plus years with little or no seemingly wear and tear on the stone. Now the roofs often fall in. But the materials for this spiritual house are Christians. And it's a work in progress. We are being built. Verse 5, you also as living stones are being built up as a spiritual house for the holy priesthood. We are the temple of God. You remember singing as a child as you came into the auditorium perhaps from Bible class. This song was, the Lord is in his holy temple. And I'm not sure but that that kind of misconstrued uh, the concept of where God dwells and where his house is. Think again about God's house being made up of living stones, that when God is in his holy temple, he's within our hearts. The Lord is in his holy temple. 
Let all the earth keep silence before Him. Keep silence. Keep silence. Keep silence before Him. Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 3 and verse 16, Do you not know that you are a temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? We as living stones, so picture yourself as a blockhead, no, as a rock that is being placed with other rocks upon the foundation of Jesus Christ and the prophets and the apostles. The house of God, which is continuing to grow as each generation passes, where no one stands alone. It's a corporate utility, a strength in numbers. Individuals given purpose as children of God, coming together, interlocking. Turn with me to hymn number 905. 905. No soul, oh, sometimes the shadows are deep, and rough seems the path to the goal, and sorrows how often they sweep, like tempest down over the soul. Oh, then to the rock let me fly, to the rock that is higher than I. Oh, then to the rock let me fly. To the rock that is higher than I. Oh, near to the rock let me keep. Or blessings or sorrows prevail. Or climbing the mountain way steep, or walking the shadowy vale. Oh, then to the rock let me fly, to the rock that is higher than I. Oh, then to the rock let me fly, to the rock. That is higher than I. We do face many challenges, even the winds of false doctrine. But in Christ as our foundation, there is stability. And with each of us supporting the other, interlocking unity, living stones, we can see then that We have a higher purpose, a calling from God that God has planned for thousands upon thousands of years for us to participate in. If we'll but believe and obey. Let's read again the first few verses of 1 Peter chapter 2 starting with verse 4. And coming to him as to a living stone which has been rejected by men but is choice and precious in the sight of God, you also as living stones are being built up as a spiritual house 
for a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For this contained in Scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion a choice stone, a precious cornerstone, and he who believes in him will not be disappointed. This precious value, then, is for you who believe. It's such a confirming concept, this construction of God's spiritual house, of God planning this all along, that no matter what nation or country you're from, you would have opportunity to become his child through his son, Jesus Christ. And then find a commonality, a unity, even compared to becoming a priesthood for those who would but believe. We're no longer shackled by the physical. Life is not merely a game of survival. We're focused upon a higher calling, a higher goal. Paul writes in Colossians chapter 3, beginning with verse 1. Therefore, if you have been raised up with Christ, keep seeking the things above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things above, not on the things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Certainly that's a commandment, not just an encouragement, that we are to refocus to repurpose, to become what God would have us to be, and that calling is such a, a wonderful one, illuminating, unburdening, forgiven of sin so that we might walk in the light together with one another. Set your mind on things above. If you have been risen, remember, it's for those who believe. Look at what the apostles did. When Jesus called them as disciples, they left homes, occupations, even communities in order to serve him. Many, in fact most, of them being martyred at the end of their life, being persecuted and then dying for the sake of Christ. God's house is composed of his people, a priesthood committed to offering up spiritual sacrifices, according to verse 5. Now, what does that mean? Just what we've described. Paul says it in Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. I beg you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Last week's lesson, early transitions, falls right in line here, doesn't it? Coming out of the world, being born into Christ and allowing ourselves to desire God's word so that we might develop and transition from a child of the world to a child of God. Giving our bodies as living sacrifices, being transformed in our frame of mind, no longer setting our goal to have material goods or worldly possessions or to impress 
the world around us. No, now we have been called out as surely as the Levites were called out from the rabble, from the idolatrous at the foot of Mount Sinai, and then told each man to grab his sword and slay his brother who had failed to repent. So we are called out of the world to be a priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices, and that first sacrifice, of course, being ourselves. But then he also describes this priesthood having an obligation. Sometimes I think we miss uh, how the priesthood was of service to the people throughout the year, certainly with sacrifices. Many of those sacrifices were done almost on a daily basis for the individuals, but then certainly the ones that were for the nation as a whole on an annual basis But the priests then, as they scattered out through the land of Canaan, were located in each town so that they might continue to be of service to the people in offering sacrifices for them, certainly, but also in teaching the law to the people. And there's a hint of that in verse 9. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. This salvation that has become ours as a blessing from God is to be shared. We are to be a people for God and encourage others to see what God has to offer. As we have found a clear purpose in life to honor God and to keep his commandments so that we might have a home with him forever in heaven, that's something to encourage others to find as well, to be committed to. This house is continually under construction. We working together to be the light to those that are around us, to our families, to our community, to emphasize the blessing of believing. Satan so often paints it as a restriction, if not even a dumbing down, as if religious people, because they are focused upon another world, don't have a clue as to what's going on in this. Oh, we know. And it's not good. Only in Christ, our cornerstone. Is there found a construction that is solid, a life that has meaning? Rejection of him as the cornerstone? Oh, we see it here, don't we? And it too has been prophesied. Verse 7, this precious value then is for you who believe, but for those who disbelieve, the stone which the builders rejected, this became the very cornerstone and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. Jesus knew that this would happen. He spoke these words in the Gospels. First, I'm going to read Matthew 21, verse 42, but it's recorded as well in Mark 12, 10, and in Luke 20, and verse 17. This is Matthew 21, verse 42. Jesus said to them, Did you never read in the Scriptures the stone which the builders rejected? This became the chief cornerstone. This came about from the Lord. And it is marvelous in your eyes. You see, man can't thwart the will of God. 
Though he rejects God's plan of salvation, that doesn't make the plan ineffective. Certainly doesn't make it go away. Jesus knew that even God's people were going to reject him. Though planned since the beginning, reaffirmed through the prophets, hundreds of years in waiting, the nation itself not being a world power at the time that Christ came, pointing to the fact that it was no longer going to be by DNA, but God's people would be the ones who accepted his plan for all the souls of men if they would but repent. And yet Jesus knew that he would be rejected by his own. And it happened, didn't it? The psalmist says in Psalms 118 and verse 22, The stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. Peter and John, as they were before the Sanhedrin council, yes, the same Peter that is writing what we're studying today, has used this analogy before those who rejected Christ. This is from Acts chapter 4, beginning with verse 11. When they were telling he and John and the rest of the apostles to no longer preach in the name of Jesus, this was their defense. He is the stone which was rejected by you, the builders, but which became the chief cornerstone. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven that has been given among men by which we must be saved. I can't quit preaching about Jesus, Peter and John are saying. No, he is salvation. There's no other place to turn. You are rejecting the very house that God has established. And you are to be the builders, and yet you have become disobedient. You are now the unbelievers. What have I given up for the house of God? Christ is the cornerstone. God calls to his people, his children, and we must accept that invitation. Certainly, we have free will. Described for us here in Peter's writing in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 7. But for those who disbelieve, the stone which the builders rejected, this became the cornerstone and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. For they stumble because they are disobedient to the word. Those are not descriptive terms that we want to have hung around our neck. Disbelieve and disobedient because what follows is doom and to this doom they were also appointed you see God knew that even with all the prep work that his own people would reject Christ when he came we know that resulted in him being crucified and through that crucifixion paying the price for all sin my sin Upon the cross, him dying in my stead. But nonetheless, it was not an easy task for Christ to perform or an easy rejection for him to receive. Peter and John before the Sanhedrin there in Acts chapter 4 are feeling the weight of that same rejection. 
The majority are turning against what Christ has to offer. Does that negate the message? Not at all. They say God knew that this would happen. You see, we have free will. We can choose to be disobedient. We can choose to disbelieve. But that ensures our doom. The positive side of that is that we're never perfected completely. We saw that last week, as Paul says, not that I consider myself perfect or have attained. But we understand that we are a work in progress. God is the contractor, the, the major builder. Christ is the foundation. The apostles and the prophets being built upon him. And we then, like living stones, are being built together into a spiritual house. Oh, then to the rock let me fly. God's house is made up of living stones. This afternoon I want to emphasize a passage from 1 Corinthians chapter 3. We've already gotten one verse out of that. Do you not know that you are a temple of God and the Spirit of God dwells in you? But the question I want to ask this afternoon as we think about our work and the building up of the house of God is how are we doing? What am I constructing? Because in this passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, and we'll take much of that chapter, if not all, and look at it. Paul is, is saying that as we work, we must be careful how we build. I want to read just a couple of more verses. This is, these are verses 12 and 13 of 1 Corinthians 3. Now, if any man builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each man's work will become evident. For the day will show it, because it is to be revealed with fire. And the fire itself will test the quality of each man's work. How are we doing as we as living stones are being built together? What kind of materials are we using? If tried by fire, will they stand up to judgment? Under construction, oh, by faith, by faith we walk in him. In obedience to his will, studying his word, a priesthood declaring to the world the glories of salvation, giving ourselves as living sacrifices. God's house is made up of living stones.